Get ready to drop the puck, take a free throw, and step up to the plate. It's time for the Metro East Sports Podcast on lineupmedia.fm. From the front office studios in the luxurious Whispering Heights living in and entertainment community in Edwardsville, welcome to the Metro Esports Podcast, season number four, show number five, recorded Monday, February. That's a hard word to say, Drew. Yeah, it's, let me hear you say it. February. 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 You emphasize the U. February. February. Yeah. February 27th, 2023. I'm David Leip, and I apparently can't say February. Show number five features Drew Landau in the studio right now from Edwardsville High School of wrestling fame. Guest number two tonight, talking more wrestling with Lancer wrestler Dominic Tebow, who just finished third place at state. Part of this world-famous Tebow wrestling family. He's in here in the studio tonight with his dad, Bernie, and also the first-year head coach at Belleville East, Rashad Riley. And guest number three tonight in the studio, back again for a second visit, O'Fallon Township High School, Panther head coach, head baseball coach, Joe Bauer. Big thanks to partners, Cassens, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, Callaway Home Loans, Keller Williams, Marquis, Jeb, and Ginger Blasting Game, Integrity Spine and Joint Center, Front Office Fiduciary Network, Oak Brook Golf Club, and Wang Gang Asian Eats. We're talking all things sports in the Metro East. And three things you can do to help. I'm going to ask you before we start. Subscribe to this podcast. You love it. It comes out weekly. It's free. You get to hear the best stories in the Metro East, the high school kids, the college athletes, the coaches, the little kids, the famous ones, the ones that may fall between the cracks in other places. But here, we feature them. They're the stars. Number two, follow us in all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and don't forget, if you have a story idea, please email me at mespdave at gmail.com. And remember, you can nominate your favorite team for Integrity Spine and Joint Center Metro East Team of the Month. Could be a park and rec team, could be a middle school team, a high school team, you name it. To nominate a team for Team of the Month, send your suggestion to, you knew it was coming, mespdave at gmail.com. Please put Team of the Month in the subject line. Let's get to it. Mr. Drew, welcome back to the show. What's up, Mr. Light? It's good Glad to, to see back. you. <laughs> and we're not in uh, your typical third hour. Is that what hour I have you? What hour? Or is uh, it? Yeah, it's third. Third hour. Our sports lit. You got to love that class, don't you? Oh, yeah. Ever had a more fun English class since you've been in high school so. ever? Well, your um, what? American lit. American lit class is pretty fun. Did you enjoy that? Mm-hmm. A lot. What was your research paper on? Which poet? Oh, I, I don't remember. Come on. Um, if you think about it long enough, you'll remember. Probably. All right, let's get on. To, let's get on to talk about wrestling. <laughs> yes, sir. Unless you want to talk about poetry some more. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Just finished a fantastic season, capping off an incredible career. Two-time state qualifier. Three times. Three-time state qualifier. 100 wins for your career, undefeated this year in dual matches. Congratulations on all the success. Thank you. What will you remember about your career? What stands out to you about your career at EHS? Um, I don't know. I just, I loved all the, uh, all of my teammates. I thought uh, I was surrounded with great teammates that really pushed me, and I know they'll be my lifelong friends. So I think that's what 
wrestling really brings a uh, good, uh, I don't know. Family atmosphere? Family, yeah, for sure. Coach Wagner talks about the Tiger way. Tiger style. Tiger style. Tiger style. Are you all in? What's Tiger style? <laughs> tiger style, um, I don't know. It's breaking your opponent. It's uh, doing good, getting good grades, breaking your opponent on the mat, um, always wrestling through six minutes, not stopping. Um, we're emphasizing, like, uh, like this year, hurting bombs. That was, like, Coach Preto's thing. I guess is from a, a Rocky Rocky film. Hurting bombs. Hurting bombs. What does that mean? I don't know. Just like clubbing guys' heads. Okay. I'm doing my hand motions, but you can't really. There's no video. All right. But <laughs> what did Coach Wagner teach you? He's an icon in local wrestling. One of the most successful coaches in the history of our region. He's retiring. What did he teach you? Um. I don't know. There's just. Can't really. There's not one thing. I don't, I don't know. Um, just he's a really good person. I think he taught me like, you know, just his mindset. He's a really good person, and I uh, hope to be like him when I'm when I'm older. Maybe coaching. I'm thinking about that. So, would you think about education? Um, yeah, maybe. What's right the next? Right now, I'm thinking about nursing and then maybe coaching on the side. Okay. Yeah. And you're a senior at Edwardsville High School, so what's the next step for you? Um, going to college, I, I want to wrestle in college for sure. But I also want to get um, go to a college with a good nursing program. Good for you. Okay. Great nursing program. You brought up Coach Preto. <laughs> and Coach Wagner uh, is retiring this year, and I'm looking forward to having Coach Wagner on the, on the show because he's – one of the really great guys that I've had the opportunity to work with during my tenure at Edwardsville High School. But the program is going to be put into great hands with Coach Preto. Describe I, Coach Preto. Um, he's hardworking, he's tenacious, he's loud. I love that he's loud when he's in my corner. That's <laughs> I love. He's my favorite coach to have in the in my corner. Really? Yeah. Because he's loud and he'll he'll yell at you, very vocal. I think it's interesting. I've been to wrestling meets before, and you've got Heinz in one corner and Mattarelli and Wagner in another corner, and they're both screaming. And I wonder how much of it can you really hear? <laughs> um, not. Do you hear some of it? I hear some of it. Okay. Yeah. When I'm especially when you have two coaches in two corners, does that still happen? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean two coaches? Like, like you, you'll have two sets of coaches, or at least two different coaches in two different corners, shouting at you at the same time. Does that happen? Um, Like the opponent's coach? No, Drew. <laughs> one of your coaches in one corner, and another one of your coaches in, in another corner, and they're both shouting at you at the same time. Oh. Does that happen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that happens. How can you hear that when they're both screaming <laughs> you at the same time, and then the other coach is screaming also, so now you got screaming coming from at least three different directions. I always think about, like, I can't really hear the other coach. I'm always kind of listening to my coaches. So um, when I'm neutral, I'll hear, you know, Coach Prado, Coach Wagner yelling, you know, shake and bake, hurting bombs, you know. <laughs> shake and bake? Shake and bake, yeah. What's that's, that mean? That's when we do, like, 
are it's like pulling and pushing, faking, uh, getting a guy out of position so you can um, shoot it on him and get it on his legs and pick him up. Cool. Well, it, are you still wrestling with Preto? Does he get in there and spar with you guys? Um, not with, not this year except at state. I uh, <laughs> I was warming up with him and accidentally threw out his back. Really? Yeah. So that I'm was surprised that doesn't happen more. Yeah. Well, he said that was the first time in like years that's happened. Wow. So, yeah. I wonder if that'll deter him. <laughs> I know that uh, Coach Wagner. I've seen him. I've seen him on video in there, still wrestling with you guys, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I uh, remember last year with Jordan. That's right. Yeah. What happened? Um, well, Jordan was <laughs> Jordan was doubting Coach's ability on this on this very podcast. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yes. <laughs> Jordan Johnson and I went through the list of the coaches at Edwardsville and how he <laughs> thought he would do against them individually. Oh, my gosh. And he was pretty sure he could take Carol Wagner. <laughs> that was the wrong decision. Should we need to say, which ones do you think you could handle? None of them. Good answer. <laughs> no. Not even close. Did you start off wrestling in the Edwardsville Wrestling Club, the, the Little Tiger Wrestling Club? Oh, yeah. Well, it's called Edwardsville Wrestling Club, right? Yeah, PWC, yep. Coach McNamara? Yep. What does he bring to Edwardsville Wrestling? Um... He's great with kids. He has two younger kids. Um, but he's also really high level. You know, he, I think he went to Michigan State. Very, very accomplished and, you know, love him. He's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Fantastic guy. All right, well, I think you're a success on the wrestling mat and in the classroom. What influenced you to, to work as hard as you do in the classroom also? Um, I don't know. That was just, I guess, kind of the way I was – you know, raised up. Wrestling definitely helped that. Uh, you know, wrestling taught me to push and keep keep going when you're down, like, you know, working through injuries and stuff like that. So, Did you have a lot of injuries? Oh, yeah. What were some of your injuries? I uh, I had sol- shoulder, sh- shoulder surgery on my rotator cuff and labrum. And then actually in state, I, uh, I sprained my ankle. I had to wrestle through that, so. This, at state this year. Yep. How would you describe state this year for you? Um, it was awesome. I, you know, kind of wish I would have placed. I guess I got top eight, but wish I would have placed. But that's not going to stop me from moving on to college and uh, seeing where I, I know my best wrestling is still yet to come. Top eight in three A is a huge accomplishment. Three times qualifying for state is a great accomplishment. You got a lot to be proud of. We're going to talk about something else a little bit more personal, but first, thanks to partner Cassins Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, the number one place to purchase a vehicle in the Metro East. If you're in the market for a new or a pre-owned car, check out Cassins Inventory in person where they've been for 25 years or online at Cassins.com. Cassins has earned the highest ratings for customer service. Their expert staff is committed to making your car buying experience enjoyable, including convenient on-site financing. I've purchased four vehicles there, and I will not buy a car or a truck or a minivan anyplace else. With over 80 years of experience in the Metro East, Cassins is the clear-cut leader for quality, service, and customer satisfaction. Go see Steve, Cliff, Holly, Greg, Bob, Mike, or Trent today. And 
Andy Callaway of Callaway Callaway Home Loans saves me money every month now, and he'll save my family thousands in the long run. How? He refinanced my existing mortgage, and he can do the same for you. Rates are all over the place, but you need to take advantage of an easy, fast, and affordable way to refinance. They do conventional FHA and VA loans and ask for the MESP special. If you refinance with Andy, he'll donate $200 to the Metro East High School or Junior High team of your choice. He'll give $200 to Edwardsville Wrestling. He'll give $200 to Edwardsville Football. He'll give $200 to Collinsville Cahawk Football. It's up to you, people. Just call Andy today at 618-830-3332. Save money and support your favorite team in the Metro East. Okay, Sid, we're going to get personal now. You ready? I don't know how you do that without, like, stuttering. Sometimes I stutter. <laughs> oh, you I stu- do? Yeah, I mess up all the time. You're like a pro. You think? Yeah. Well, I can read, and that's good because I'm a reading teacher. I'm an English yeah, teacher, true. right? Yeah. All right, there you go. <laughs> all right, so you said something right before we went on mic. You said, it's too bad people can't see my hair <laughs> because uh-uh. we're not we're not doing video right now. We're just We're just, we're not back on YouTube yet. So explain to our listeners, if our listeners could see your hair, how would you describe your hair? Uh, luscious and no longer orange, but I did, I did get it professionally dyed this time. So (laughs) I think that is, (laughs) I think I speak for all of us. Luscious. Yes. So you went, uh, you just went bleach blonde after you qualified for state. Yep. Um, last year and this year? Uh-huh. I remember it last year. Well, last year I didn't, like, realize you had to, like, remove the color out of your hair and then dye it. Okay. That, and then put toner in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So who? D- so there's a whole process to this. Uh-huh. And you figured it out. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I figured out how to tan the uh, salonist. Is that yeah, salonist? sure. Hairstylist. Hairstylist. A uh, hundred bucks. And she did it for me. hundred dollars it cost you to get your hair like yeah. that. Yeah. But it was like two hours worth of work. That's how I had to sit in a chair for two hours. Best 200 you ever spent? 100. Best 100 you ever spent? Yeah. Best 100 I've ever spent. It's luscious. (laughs) I think I would describe it as kind of like Jeffrey Spicoli meets Ric Flair. Kind of somewhere. I've heard Ric Flair. I don't know who. Jeffrey Jeffrey Spicoli is for our older listeners and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. (laughs) One of Sean Penn's first roles. You can hear us out there, intern. I mean, uh, associate producer, Connor. Yeah, it's very, uh, anyway. All right, so what was the motivation on this? Where'd you get this idea? Um, I don't know. It's just something funky, I guess. My dad didn't really like it, but, you know, who cares? You know, I'm I'm young, it'll grow back, and he's just mad that he's balding. Wow. All right, so what are you looking forward to? I know you're not sure where you want to go to school and you're, you want to pick a nursing school, but what are you looking forward to about college wrestling? Um, I, I've talked to some of the past teammates like Jordan and uh, Dylan, and they said it's just, you know, it's just a family. Like, they're always, they're always you know, cutting weight with each other and uh, hanging out together and, uh, in, the, in their dorms, and that sounds like a lot of fun. All right, man. Well, Drew Landau, congratulations on all the success in high school. Fun having you in class again this this year, and I, I think it's time that you answer a couple questions to try to get some extra credit for the kids in your class. Are you ready? Uh, no. 
I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, no, I know you didn't, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Ready for question? Question number question number one. Uh-oh. What number did Mark Fidrich wear? Um, you, how many times did Benny the Kid Perrette fight Emil Griffin? Three. There you go. Yeah. Good job. See, I wasn't there for the Mark Fedrich. Mark Fedrich, you were you were at state. Um, so yeah, I think so. All right, but you were yeah. there for Emil Griffith. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming by. You got you got one out of two questions right. Should we give you a third one? Yeah, I'll take a third. Wait, so how does the extra credit? What work? year? Uh, I'm going to give the kids tomorrow extra credit for every point, uh, for every question you get right. But I'm going to deduct five points for every question you get wrong. So right <laughs> now you're at minus four. You want another question? <laughs> Well, we're already losing, so I guess. Sure, All we'll right. try and make it back. All right. How many times was Emil Griffith world welterweight champion? Uh, six times. You're on a roll. <laughs> we'll give you we'll give you two out of three. All right, Drew Landau, yeah. Edwardsville Wrestling. Congratulations. Thanks so much for coming by. After you uh have your freshman year of, of college wrestling. Come on back and let us know how it goes. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Okay, we're going to talk Belleville East Wrestling. We've got coach, first-year coach Riley, and we've got Dominic Tebow, who's about to start his career at Nebraska, and we've got dad Bernie Tebow. But first, Edwardsville is a bunch of great restaurants, but at the top of my list is Wang Gang Asian Eats. I've been a huge fan for years. Why? Their contemporary Asian menu is loaded with innovative takes on classic Asian flavors. Tasty appetizers like potstickers, choo-choo shrimp, and crab rangoon. Delicious entrees like their famous drunken noodle and the dragon poke bowl. Combined with their unique bar menu and world-class service makes Wang Gang a perfect destination for date night, family night, or even Sunday brunch. But if Asian isn't your thing, Pop into Chappie's right next door for the best burgers, fried chicken shakes, and the coldest beer on the planet. Located just west of Edwardsville High School in University Point Number 2, a.k.a. Edwardsville Food Courts. It's easy to find, and you'll be glad you checked out both places. By the way, all guests who appear on this podcast get a free milkshake at Chappie's. So guys, on your way home, free milkshake. Okay, welcome to the show, the Tebow Men. Dad Bernie, son Dominic, and from Belleville East, Coach Riley. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, to be here. Let's start with you, Coach Riley. Describe your first year as the head coach at as a, as the uh, Lancer. It was up and down uh, for sure. A lot of uh, emotions for the good, for the bad. It was definitely a good learning experience, but definitely tested this year. And you are a lifelong wrestler. You wrestled in high school at Hoffman Estates, you said, and also at SIU Edwardsville. That is correct. SIU Edwardsville is kind of a mecca for wrestling. It's kind of a hotbed for it. A lot of tradition at that school. Very, very uh, prolific school and definitely one proud to come from. Unbelievable wrestlers uh, going back all the way to Mr. from Roxana. His name is on the tip of my tongue, Malazzo. Mr. Malazzo? No, I'm I'm thinking of there's him, but there's also – I. I I, so many. He was the head of the PE department when I was there, and he was an Olympic wrestler. A bunch of Rox- Roxana wrestlers there at uh, at SIU Edwardsville. But anyway, so you said that this year was filled with ups and downs. What were some of the challenges that you had to face? Well, uh, just getting used to being the head coach first and foremost, and then you know get the get my first duel out of the way. Then we go to our first tournament, and then I lose my best player right away. Uh, 
So that was kind of a not expected kind of moment. Uh, we were wrestling in the tournament. Dominic Tebow was wrestling another high-level wrestler, Peter Marinopoulos of Maris. It was number one ranked versus number two. Uh, tight, tight match right down to the wire. Um, last five seconds, we're in a situation, and the ref makes a choice, and the call didn't go our way, and it kind of gave a lot of frustration because a lot of people in the gym felt like it was a poor call. And, uh, you know, Mr. Tebow let his emotions get the worst of him, and we end up punching something that you know, was undefeated, which is a wall. And end up losing him all the way up until pretty much the end of the season. Uh, just we just can't rebound when you don't have your captain. How would you describe your senior season, Mister Dominic? Um, yeah, definitely not what I expected, to say the least. But I mean, I have no regrets. I got to wrestle in the state tournament. I mean, it's definitely not what I wanted third. And I'm sure we could go back and nitpick what I could have done to, you know, obviously not break my hand of for number one, but um. I think I gave it my all, so I'm not really holding in resentment over taking third. So I think I'm happy with my senior season. It's a great, great accomplishment. And you are planning on joining your brother at the University of Nebraska next year, also on the wrestling team. That is correct, yes. How excited are you for that opportunity to wrestle with your brother again? I'm sure you wrestled with him when he was at East, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that was the, uh, I don't even know how to describe that because we love each other's brothers, but man. We butt heads on the mat, so I'm just excited to see what uh, what's going on with the atmosphere whenever me and my brother are back in the same room together. So, yeah. And Big Twelve wrestling, I mean, Big Ten wrestling is no joke. Yeah. Right. Yes, sir. Iowa, Illinois, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. You're gonna have you're gonna have your work cut out for you. Make sure you have a referee there anytime they're getting ready to scrap because it might get a little rough. <laughs> are you guys similar size? He's a little bit smaller than me nowadays, but, I mean, once we're both big and, like, not cutting weight, I'd say it's within 20, 15 pounds. I'm a little bit bigger than him. And what year is he right now? He's a sophomore. And what's his name? Adam. Adam. Okay. Dad, talk about uh, what, how old were these boys when you got them into the sport of wrestling? Uh, I, think, I think Dominic was five. You know, we got him in, and then uh, – it was just by chance. We started off at one program, and my wife, in that time, I was working a lot, and so my wife was telling me, she's like, hey, what you're telling me is supposed to be happening is not really happening, and, and so I went in there and kind of watched at that program, and we ended up moving to a different program, and I, and I came across a different coach that I went to high school with, and at that time, they were going to move, that, that coach was going to move down to JJK in East St. Louis. And he said, basically, bring the boys down here with me. And then that's when we met Coach Riley, and we've been with him ever since. So basically, you've been working with Coach Riley and your boys since forever. Pretty much. I mean, I think, I think Adam might have been eight, eight or nine. Yeah. You know, and so Dom's right. He's 18 months you know, younger. So, you know, but, yeah, they've been with Coach Riley for a long time, you know. So, and he's, he's been a good influence on them because – I think what you're going to see coming through the, the Bevelese program is going to be kind of what we experience is taking responsibility. He's trying to develop a young man, not just a wrestler. So the boys, as my boys matured, you know, on the mat, they matured off the mat, and he kind of has a hand in both. You know, he wants to make sure that they're good people, not just good wrestlers. So you see a lot of that when he's in the class. You know, he's checking on their grades, checking on stuff outside of wrestling. So and I and I ex had a firsthand experience with that, you know. So I think he does a really really good job with that, and it, you can you're gonna see it coming through on the next group of kids coming through Bubble East. 
what are the Tebow boys meant to Belleville East Wrestling? They're the base. They're the foundation. That's, that's why we got started, the reason I came to Belleville East. They've got it started, and now we're rolling, and we want to keep this program going, and it's really because of them. Are you a teacher at East? I'm actually just an aide, so I'm really here to help develop wrestlers and you know, just keep the program going with some of those kids we've had over the past couple of years. Good for you. A lot of success. You have some kids. You have some young kids coming back. Yes. What uh, year is your heavyweight who just got? He was a freshman. Wow. Second place. Yeah. And and how, how long have you worked with him? Six years old. He's a East St. Louis wrestler as well from us. No kidding. Yeah. Since he was six years old. Best heavyweight in the area? Absolutely. As a freshman. Bright future for that kid. What's his name? Uh, Jonathan Rulo Jr. Should we have him on the podcast? Does he have something to say? Absolutely. He's a character. I always hate calling him a heavyweight. I feel like their weight doesn't matter. I feel like I should say big boned or something like that. But that's just me. And that's just heavyweights who they are. Yeah, he's a great football player too. Is he? Yeah. I think you're gonna you'll have something to talk about. All right. We got we gotta we gotta book him right away. You love the sport, Dad? Absolutely. What do you love about wrestling? Uh, I like the fact that as a parent, it's, you know, a lot of parents want to be involved with their kids and be involved with the sport. You basically send your kid out on the mat by themselves, and they have to make it work. You know what I'm saying? They get a lot of lessons from doing that. So as a parent, that's what I like. You know, they learn a lot by doing that, not having anybody out there to help them. How involved were you with your son's wrestling seasons when they were at East? Uh, I mean, quite a bit. I mean, quite a bit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on outside of wrestling that I was involved in, you know. And it's not just with these guys, too. I was always in contact with Coach just seeing, you know, what does he need? What does he need help with, you know, with the team? To, you know, whether it's nutrition, making sure these guys are eating correctly, getting workouts, you know, in the gym, not just on the mat, you know, stuff like that. How were you able to help their help them in terms of their diet? Uh, I really – paid attention to what was going on, tried to learn as much as I could and get them what they needed. That Dom can explain it's that weight cutting stuff's not easy, you know, and, and, and it's not that we want to cut a ton of weight, but you want to be able to perform on the mat at a high level. And so when you see kids out there and they're gassed out quick and we, we never have that problem, you know, they do a good job of maintaining, watching what they're eating and getting the right foods at the right time. Yeah. I always forget, you know, every sport, the more athletic the sport is, the more critical that diet is. But, man, in wrestling, when you're cutting weight, it's a whole nother level of, of watching your calories and so forth. How much weight did you have to cut this year to get down to your ideal? This year I was right on the money until I uh, broke my hand, and then I gained a few pounds, obviously. So it was a little bit of a struggle to get down, but I'd say no more than 15 pounds. It sounds like he makes it sound easy, though. Yeah, you just get to where, and he, he can talk about this, but you get to where you're not putting anything in your body that's not necessary. You know, and, and, and one of the things for these guys, you know, he should expand on, but going through every holiday. Wrestling season, smack dab in the middle I of know. every holiday. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know. New Year's. Everything. It's really not that hard. It's just being able to stay on track. Like, he's, like – not really giving himself the credit that he deserves. I agree. Because there's plenty of times where I didn't want to do it, but he's in my ear telling me that I need to keep going, telling me that I need to keep pushing through this, cooking me the meals for me so I don't have to be hands-on with it whenever I'm tired and I don't want to do anything. I just had a hard practice. I might have just gotten beat up that practice. 
So I can just let my mind relax, and he can cook me some food and help me with my weight cut. Coach Tebow, the king of the sweet potato. Sweet potato. <laughs> what else? What else are you cooking? Uh, I do, you know, it's just basic stuff. Rice, chicken, you know, clean, clean food, you know. That's it. And you learn this by doing your own research. Yeah, just doing research. Paying attention to what high-level athletes are doing. Right. You know. Yeah. There's a lot of information. Are you going to let him get that milkshake on the way home? You going to let him splurge? He, he drinks some milkshake when it's in the offseason, for sure. <laughs> you deserve one. He's not missing anything, for sure. Yeah. What are you going to miss about your dad next year when you're at the University of Nebraska and you're a Cornhusker? Oh, I'm sure I'm – I mean, obviously, off the top of my head, I'm sure there's going to be stuff that I miss, but um, – Taking advantage of cooked meals being brought to you after a win is definitely um, a big factor. So I'm not sure what's going on with that, but um, that's going to be huge. My dad just being there to support me 100% of the time, going to the sauna with me whenever I need to cut weight, being there with me, talking with me. So, yeah, I mean, all aspects of life, he's there for me. So, How much weight can you lose in the sauna? <laughs> for real. He can lose a lot. I mean, really? He comes out five, six, seven pounds down, and he's not. Is it fat? What do you burn when you it's lose weight? In the it's just water weight. Yeah, it's not like real weight, weight, right? It's just the water weight you're holding on. And wrestlers do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you really don't try to, but um, I've had to do some rough things just to make certifications and stuff like that. Like, I remember my freshman year. I don't know if uh, Rashad <laughs> was in the room, but I had torn my groin out, and I still had to certify so I couldn't work out. I, like, basically couldn't lift up my leg. So all I'm doing is trying to cut weight in the sauna. And then I don't know if you know how weight certifications work for wrestling, but then you have to urinate into a cup for hydration tests. So that was a really big uh, issue, trying to cut weight with the sauna. So I don't really uh, lean on a sauna too hard to cut weight. It's a tough sport. It's, it's, a, it's a tough sport. It's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Who's it for? Wrestling is for what type of person? What type of person I'm becomes a wrestler? An individual that wants their fate in their own hands. And that's why I think uh, Dominic and his brother love the sport so much because they can depend on themselves to either get the job done or learn from their mistakes. It's a tough sport. And I think cutting weight is, is one of the toughest sports, t- toughest aspects about the sport. You were a high school wrestler once upon a time. Has the sport changed from oh. when you were a kid? It's just like every other sport and probably all the guys you talk to, they're coming in here and they're bigger. Our, I don't remember our guys in high school looking like him and some of the other guys. Our heavyweight didn't look like Jonathan Rulo. You know, they just didn't. You know, these guys are bigger, faster, stronger. And I liken what they do on a weekend when they're done on a Saturday tournament. It's like them being in a car wreck. Their bodies are damaged like that. And people don't get that aspect of it. You go out and play soccer. You go out and play tennis. You go out and do that, and you're sore. You're, you know, these guys, it's another whole level. I mean, their their bodies are getting destroyed after these tournaments. You know, and they they're they are unbelievably sore. Ice bath, part oh, of the recovery. Everything. Ice bath. The back in the sauna. Recovery workouts. Hydration right away. Just doing everything they can to get back. You know. Tough sport. You've always loved it. Uh, I wouldn't really say always, but, you know, <laughs> we've we've made it here. So, Any other sports? I mean, I've 
done everything. I mean, I used to swim. I played football. I played soccer. So nothing really just stuck to me like wrestling did. So no football at East for you. I got some pads for like some summer workouts, but by the time that the season actually started, I just gave them back and decided I wanted to wrestle. What's the future of Lancer wrestling? Dad here. Bernie talked about the fact that he thinks you're going to get an uptick in quality wrestlers and quality people. We're about building good people, just like Coach Tebow said. Uh, we have a good young nucleus involved in us right now, and those guys and girls are buying into our system. We've set multiple school records this year. And, you know, as much as I hate to see seniors like Dominic Tebow leave and our state champ, Kiara Ganey, uh, we gotta get we got to get the next guys up and girls up. You're the head women's coach, too. Yes, sir. What's it like coaching girls? Different ball game. Different ball game. You know, we go from having Dominic and Adam fist fighting in the practice room and throwing each other in the walls to girls hugging, and it's just two different dynamics, but we try to find a good way to balance both of them and make each athlete feel, you know. You had a lot of success with the girls. Back-to-back state champion. All of these athletes have been with us for years, so it's not anything, like, shocking or new. They've all put in the work. So the least wrestling is just hopefully keep it coming up. I think women's wrestling has been one of the most radical changes I've seen on the sporting landscape locally. It wasn't a thing, and then all of a sudden, you've got all these young women who love the sport and who are thriving, and it's, I think it's fantastic for them. You know, it makes, me, it makes me sad to think, what would they have had the opportunity to do 20 years ago? They wouldn't have been able to wrestle, right? I mean, it's pretty cool. Have you been, have you been working with any of the uh, young ladies? Uh, no, not, not really. I mean, I don't. He handles that most of the time, and he's got a couple other assistants that handle most of the, the girls' side. They do a pretty good job. I handled – I went to a couple of tournaments where Kiara needed a coach, and I, and I helped her out there, but not, not nothing – you know, not anything major. It's a tough sport. I have a lot of respect for it. You know, just growing up in Granite City and the, and the Granite City wrestling tradition when I was a kid and that holiday tournament, there was just a lot going on, and my neighbors were always wrestlers, and, man, they would get crabby when it was time to lose that weight. And then I know that you're friends with uh, Daryl Thomas. Absolutely. One of my best friends in this world. He's doing good things there. He's going to be a, a Division One head coach pretty soon. It's kind of almost like a little rivalry. I'm not on the Division One level, but we're kind of bouncing ideas off each other on a daily basis, just saying, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Well, how are you doing? Well, how are you doing? So it's kind of like it's a friendly rivalry. I want to do well, and I want to see him continue to do well because he's an excellent head coach. He's an excellent worker, and he's tireless. He wants to achieve, and he wants to do great things. Yeah, he's one of the real success stories uh, locally. I, you know Daryl very well? Uh, I know him through through Coach Rashad. Fantastic guy. Yeah, he does a really good job. Yeah, just just a, a, a really great guy. Okay, so why did you pick Nebraska? Was it number one reason to be with your brother, obviously? Yeah, so um, I don't know if you know this, but our junior year is whenever wrestlers get to actually get offers from colleges so basically right after my junior year that deadline hit where I could get college offers Nebraska was on the phone with me talking to me so I told them straight up I was like hey I don't want to go anywhere else I want to be with my brother you guys are a great school they took fourth that year at NCAA so great there's nowhere else I wanted to be any ideas what you want to study I'm kind of bouncing back and forth I uh, might go into exercise science but my brother does finance so I think I might just going to finance because I do enjoy like looking at stocks and stuff like that and then have a tutor to uh, kind of bounce ideas off, to, off of him uh, yeah. if I get any hard classes. so What advice do you have for parents out there who may be listening? If you're a parent of what I would call a, a, a prominent local athlete, 
Because I see, I think a lot of parents struggle with 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 parenting and coaching. You've been through it. You've had some success. What advice do you have for those parents? I would say, you know, it, it's there's all kinds of different things because if you're talking about different sports, you have to do look at things differently. But just get your kids around somebody who's going to help your kid with more than just the sport they're in. So I don't know how many times, you know, Coach Riley's helped and reached out to our, you know, both of my kids with uh, different things, you know, trying to make sure that they're on the right track and that they're doing what they're supposed to do. Just making sure that they're mentally right, you know, because these, I mean, this sport and, and a lot of the other sports, they're tough too. You know, they're tough on them mentally. And a lot of these coaches don't, they're looking for success and they're looking, they're driven by that, those wins and losses. But there's another aspect of it because you can break kids. You can break high level kids even, but you got to keep them guys and girls on the right path, you know, mentally, you know, and um, I think he does a really good job of making sure everybody's in the right place. You know, I think that's, you know, especially the, we keep getting these kids at a higher and higher level. You know, the athletes were churning out. They're just every year they just look better. They're more physical. They're faster, stronger. Um, so we really got to be mindful that these guys are still 15, 14, whatever age they are. They're still there mentally, you know, no matter how fast or how strong they are, right? So we still have to take care of them, you know. And I think finding a coach along the way that's going to help them in all aspects, I think that's the best thing you can do. Just looking after him. Where'd you finish in the conference this year, Coach? Was it second or third? So we finished third in the conference. Uh, we ended up wrestling. We lost to Edwardsville, who's just, you know, one of the more dominant teams in the area. Uh, we also lost to Bevel West really early in the year. That's when I didn't have Dominic. I didn't have Jonathan Rulo. And it came down to the last match, and we lost. So a sore spot, not a sore spot in our year, but we ended up coming back and beating them in the regional. So. Okay. What will it take for you to beat Edwardsville? More time. More time. More time. More more guys like this guy right here? I don't think you can find another guy like that. More Tebos? How many more kids you got coming up? I've got one <laughs> one daughter, but she's not going to wrestle. She's not a wrestler? She's a super athlete, though. What's she play? She's an all-star cheer. Okay. I was afraid you were going to say tennis. No, she's all-star cheer. Good for her. Yeah, she's something else. I'd put her up against Adam and Dominic any day. <laughs> Your little sister tough? Tough as they come, yeah. Coach Riley, thanks so much for coming on. I, I appreciate uh, you being here today. And uh, congratulations on a good first year. I, are, are you a different coach now than you were at the start of the year? No, I feel like I'm the same person. You know, what Coach Tebow talks about and what Dom talks about with our program is that we invest in the kids so much more than just wrestling. Like I'm kind of a role model and kind of a mentor and a person you can come talk to when you don't want to go talk to mom and dad. So it's really, you guys, a lot of the public sees the mat stuff, but you don't really see the behind-the-scenes things. So I do a lot more than just coaching. Dominic, congratulations. Fantastic career. Good luck with the Cornhuskers next you. year. You got, you're going to have to come back after your first year and tell us how it went. Yeah, so next, sure. year, next year on spring break, come on back. Come on back with your brother. How about that? Yeah. I'll put you guys on opposite sides of the table so you can't get at each other. That good idea? Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Dad, which one of these boys do you love more? Whoever's winning at the time. <laughs> no, it's equal. Which one do you, uh, obviously, which one do you pick in a fight? Is it even? Oh, 
It's getting there for sure. It is getting there. Don't you got to be tougher when you're son number two, when you're the, when you're the younger one? Don't you got to be tougher to keep up? Yeah. I've seen some wild stuff out of those two. And it, what's really crazy is you don't understand. They set the tone in the room because they're at such a high level and their their pace is so high and their intensity is so high. Everybody else around's like, well, we got to keep up. You know, and they're really going at it. And so they just, I think really, you know, we talk about them going at it, but really they just wanted to get every minute out of every practice. And they would just push each other to the limit. Do you love wrestling practice? I mean, it's like running on the treadmill. Do you love running on the treadmill? or No, do you, obviously. Or do you like seeing that three-mile marker whenever you're showing yourself that you can do something? I don't know. I need to get on the treadmill a lot more. I feel like I feel like you're attacking me there. I don't know. Anyway, all right, guys. Well, thanks so much for coming by. I really appreciate you. Congratulations on the success. I can tell you're, uh, you're bringing the intensity to the Lancers. And you know what? Rita Menke says nice things about you, and she's, uh, she's one of my favorite people in the Metro East. How would you describe Rita Menke? Great mentor to me. Teaching me the way still to this day. She was on my line on the way to the girls' state tournament. About I need to get the kids doing this and this and that. So she's constantly in my ear, and I appreciate the heck out of that. All right, guys, thanks so much for coming by. Go Lancers. Good luck, and we'll see you next year. Yes, sir. Joe Bauer, O'Fallon Township High School baseball head honcho. But first, if you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Metro East on the Illinois or the Missouri side, please give our partners at Keller Williams Marquee, Jeb and Ginger Blasting Game, the chance to serve you. They've got offices in O'Fallon and Edwardsville with more than 165 agents. The Blasting Games are a family-owned business that has helped over 11,000 families find just the right home. The Lipes are one of those families. Jeb and Ginger sold our house quickly because they're experts at staging and pricing, and they helped us find the perfect home, and they can do the same for you. No wonder they've been ranked in the top 10 real estate teams in North America. Give Jeb and Ginger Blasting Game a call at 618-578-9276 or check them out online at blastinggamegroup.com. You will not be disappointed. And today... This first day of spring practices, nicer weather, warm weather has got me thinking about golf. And when I think about golf, I think about Oak Brook Golf Club. Located northeast of Edwardsville, Oak Brook Golf Club is a family-owned 27-hole public golf facility. Their goal is to offer the highest quality golf experience for a reasonable fee. Oak Brook is consistently recognized for awards such as friendliest staff, best course to host a fundraiser, and best senior scramble in the bi-state area. From fundraisers to leagues to instruction to an afternoon out on the links by yourself or with your buds, the Brook wants to win your business. I've personally played and hosted multiple golf scrambles there, and I can attest. Mike Surrey and his staff are the best. To book your tee time or to start organizing your next fundraising scramble, give them a call at 656-5600 or check them out online at oakbrookgc.com. All right, Joe, welcome back to the show. Good to see you. It's been a while. How was the uh, first day of, of spring baseball practice for the Panthers? Windy. <laughs> were you outside? We were outside. Yeah, we we ran all three levels a day just to to get going. And I'd rather be outside in the wind than inside in the, of course. In the gym. So yeah, it was it was it was productive. You know how it is, man. It's it's nice having turf, and you know we have four cages out there that's turf, so we can get a lot of our work done. And uh, the wind's a challenge, but it's it's better than being inside. How many boys tried out for baseball? Oh, I want to say we 
freshman through senior, right at 72, 73 this year. And how many will you be able to keep? There's no hard and fast number. Fifty-five. I, I, I struggle with it every year. Do I? Do you keep those kids and and hope they develop, or do you do you kind of cut them loose because you're not going to have innings for them? Um, we'll try to we'll, we'll stay to our twenty-four for varsity roster, and then we had a lot of kids in bounce JV and varsity, and then freshmen will we'll try to cap that at eighteen or twenty, um, and then go from there. And then like I said, we'll just it, it to me it's one big program. It's just where are you going to slot kids in, in terms of development and both their individual development and then program needs as well. Sounds like an organizational challenge, no matter what. It is. Um, I think, like I said, I think my, quite honestly, I think my job's more administration and general manager at O'Fallon than, than actual coaching. I got a great staff uh, that I lean on. I trust them. Um, you know, they, they have their own job, their own task. We come together at the end of the day after – practice plans done and kind of discuss things. Um, not necessarily, I, I don't really like that, quite honestly. Um, but the organizational stuff is kind of stuff I've done all my life. So it's it, it kind of comes second nature to me in that regard in terms of just putting it all together. So you're the CEO? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Do you get to work with the hitters also or the, and, the, and the fielders, the outfielders? Do you have a job in addition to being the CEO? I'll spend more time at the cage, which is – it's kind of if I had to go in an ideal world, I'd be in the cage twenty four seven, and, and I'd be down there working with kids. Um, but at the same time, I need to see our infielders. I need to see our our team sessions. Um, so yeah, it, it's like I said, it seems like the only time I really talk to a lot of kids is when I'm barking at them for something that needs to be corrected or adjusted or or or, or you know they're doing something wrong. But yeah, I mean, if if I can steal time, it's down in the cage, and and I trust Coach Sipe, Scott Sipe, to handle our infield stuff and. Dave Causey does a great job with our outfielders and got a new pitching coach last year, Tyler Matt Miller, who's been in an office staff the last 10, 15 years. So I mean, he's back and what's his name again? Tyler Matt Miller, Matt Miller. Yep. Highland guy. You told me you had 12 assistant coaches. Correct. Program wide. Um, wow. A lot of them district wide. You're, you're, you know, a, a un, district unit guy. We have, three other stipend guys, and then the rest we raise money and pay for uh, out of the fundraising. Um, a lot of them are former players that kind of came back or guys that have been around the program in and out. And, uh, you know, if you're an alum for me and, and, and you can survive playing for us for four years and you want to coach, we'll try to find a place for you. And they, they're all not around every day, but, you know, five or six have real jobs per se. And, but we, we make it work, and, and I, you know, I value their opinion, and, and the more eyes, the better as far as I'm concerned. How many years is this for you as the head coach? <sighs> what is this? Five, not – I guess it is five, including the COVID year, I guess. 19. Yeah, I think five. How have you changed as a coach during that time, or are you the same? That's a great question. I, th- I, get, I get paid to ask yeah. these questions. That's why I <laughs> – go, go PG route. I'd like to think I'm a little bit more patient. Kind of yeah, kinder, kinder, gentler. Uh, the, you know, I kind of worked for me. It was unique because, I mean, I got I graduated after getting hurt, and I went right into junior college. So I kind of worked backwards and, and passed up some offers out of junior college uh, when I was a coach out of BAC to go to, onto the, to a four-year school. And 
my oldest was a young kid and it's just like, ah, I'm, it's time to just kind of stay at home and, and be around more. And so I kind of worked back backwards in that regard. And for the longest time, and it, it's hard to, to work with kids you recruit and kids at a certain skill level down to high school where it's public education. You get all comers. And right. You, you get who you get. So, yeah. And then, like I said, then you add the head coaching element on it, and, and I'm about as competitive as it can get. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I've, I've kind of softened. I, I, I hate the word you softened, but I probably mellowed a little bit in that regard. I think we all do. You know, just uh, – We can't get more intense. You can't get more Otherwise, intense. our heads explode. Exactly. That or I'm going to split my head open on a brick wall. So you can only bang it so many times. And uh, I, I enjoy it still. And I think that's – You're having I, fun? Yeah, I am. I, uh, you know, I, I love working with kids. I wish I could do it more. And that's why I think the the administrative, the scheduling, the the plat- practice planning stuff, I I think I'm good at it. And, and I'm, organi- I'm OCD, so it helps – but it's not my joy. I'd rather be down in the cage working with kids one-on-one. And it, it, honestly, it's kind of why I keep one foot in the door with, with summer ball and GBA and, you know, and the, and the summer stuff is I get to coach a little bit more than I do at a high school level. So, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy our kids. Obviously I've seen a lot of these kids grow up. Uh, my freshman is my senior or my, I'm sorry, my freshman and my third kid is, is the last one coming through. So, I mean, I've seen his group grow up. Um, coming in as a group that I think we're really excited about. So, and he's a freshman in your program. He's a freshman in our program now, and uh, yeah. So yeah, it, it, I kind of time my retirement to go out with him. So, so 20, in four years you're done. 20, unless I go early, which I can go in twenty five, but it, I'll, unless something goes. You're really a south. teacher. I'm a teacher. What do you teach? Social studies, uh, U.S. history, and uh, class on the 1960s. You teach a class on the 60s. Correct. Senior spring. Wow. So it, it was a lot more enjoyable about four or five years ago. It gets a little dicey with the current climate and everything. Yeah. And, you know, trying to – I feel like I'm walking on eggshells eggshells a couple times a week. But uh, you got to explain that you're not taking any sides, yeah, that this is yeah, what happened. Exactly. Here it is, and if you want to debate, debate, but, you know, have some civility. But you weren't alive in the 60s, obviously. Nope. I was born at the tail end, 68. Okay. What a cool class. Yeah, so it is. I really enjoy it, and, and I'm the only one that teaches it, so the curriculum's mine. I can kind of go where I need to go or want to go, and if we spend more time on certain topics, we spend more time on it. And So, yeah, it's really cool in that regard. Fantastic, and it lends itself to research. So yeah, if, you, if, you, if we got to do a research project or anything, it's just like you got the Haight-Ashbury, you got Kent State. It's stuff that, you know, kids – I don't want to say we don't get to it in a, in a U.S. history class, but you got to gloss over it so much that, you know, when it's 18 weeks of the – it's really bookended. I start 55 and go to 75. So – but it's, yeah, it's it's Cold War through Nixon. And, you know, it's – I enjoy it. The kids seem to enjoy it. And, uh, and like I said, I enjoy teaching it. So that helps How many sections of that do you have? Uh, high end to this semester, I only got one. So it's 20 – anywhere between 25 and 50 kids. Cool. You know, our, our seniors graduate or can can opt out early, early dismissal. So a lot, it's kind of hurt us a little bit in terms of our electives. But yeah, it's it's like I said, it's a cool class. I enjoy it. That is a cool class. Let's talk about your team this year. Yeah, Panthers are always good. The Blazer boys. We yeah, we're. I still think we're going to be really good. Um, obviously, a lot of new faces, which you know, in a high school setting and in large school, that tends to happen. Um, but but we're we're cautiously optimistic. It. Uh, 
we're going to be really solid. I think the area is is potentially as loaded pitching wise as I can remember it in a long, long time. Um, Edwardsville's Edwardsville. Tim does an incredible job over there, and that program isn't going to slow down anytime soon. Belleville East has what four or five Division One arms this year, so they're, do they really? They're they're. I knew they had yeah, a stud. They're good. Um, they they really are good. Ryan does a good job. Um, obviously, Xander Meath is. I mean, head and shoulders. Real deal. He's real deal as far as I'm concerned. Probably yeah. the best pitcher in the area, any any school size. Yeah, I'm confident. I mean, I, I it shows you. How, I, I think he's the probably best can, arm going back to potentially Odorizzi coming out of the area. That long ago. Yeah, I, I mean, he's he can, he has a chance to be really special. And he's going to Ole Miss. He's an Ole Miss guy. So East is a team to look out for. Edwardsville is a team to look out for in the big schools in the 4A. You're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, Yeah, I think Collinsville this year. I mean, they got uh, the Bagwell kid who's committed to Missouri, and they got a left-hander who I think is really good, who who really is a thorn on our side. Um, And then, you know, like I said, our conference is so good. Yeah. You know, I know – I kind of talked to Todd Ball today from Belva West, and yeah, we'll be competitive and we'll be good. They're good. It's just the conference is so loaded, and you know, depth is key in in four A, especially playing each other twice a week in our conference, where you can't set your pitching up. You're going to roll through. You know, if you're Edwardsville, you're you're rolling through their two best arms. Okay, so explain what that means. So, will you play Edwardsville twice in one week? Correct. Tuesday, Thursday, home and away. Every team. In the conference, that's the way you're supposed to do it. Correct. Huh. So it, it's it's it, like I said, I love it. I, I'm not saying it's the best thing for us this year because I mean you're going to line up against. There's no missing Xander Meath. You're getting him one of the two games. But um, at least you don't have to face him twice. Correct. And that's can. the point of it. Exactly. That's why they've got it Tuesday, Thursday because nobody's going to throw Xander Meath. Tuesday and Thursday, true? and we got that odd number, so you get the bye week in there. So all of a sudden you can get a bye week, and then you're setting yourself up with, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, if you you had a bye week and you got Edwardsville or O'Fallon, you're going to set your pitching up accordingly, and uh, the other team might not have that opportunity. And uh, so, yeah, I enjoy. I mean, selfishly, I'd love to go to three games in in conference and um, kind of eliminate the headaches of non-conference games and trying to find 35 games, which is a challenge. It's hard for you to find games. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's become better post COVID. Um, I mean, I think we have thirty eight right now, even though you can only play thirty five. So, but I, I mean, we'll we're going to Illinois Wesleyan to play Chicago Taft for two. We're going to Kentucky. So, what will you do? Get rid of three games? Yeah, we'll just it, it, we'll lose them with weather, or we'll just end up dropping games right. late. Because you won't play more than 35 Correct. games. Yeah. Let's get that clear, people. Belleville East <laughs> is not playing more than 35 games. Nope. I want to make we're, that. We're 35 only. But that's smart. I like what you did. So you scheduled more than the allotment knowing that the weather is going to wreak havoc. In, yeah, and, and, re, and reschedules are tough because. So 14 out of 35 are conference, and you got a whole bunch of non-conference games you got to schedule. We do. Um, wow. And, we, and like I said, we, so we'll go to Illinois Wesleyan and play two up there. Um, so it's nice kicking our kids on on a road trip. We played a nice facility. We're going to go down to Paducah this year and play McCracken County and Christian County, which are two of the I think five best teams in. Kentucky. We've played McCracken in tennis. Yeah, so I mean, there it's you, you got to travel, but you know it's hard. I don't blame these small schools that don't want to play home and away. I mean, they're at a distinct disadvantage, and you know it, it allows us to kind of spread out that thirty five because like the. Uh, 
the South Seven, Mississippi Valley, their, their home or their their conference games are Monday, Wednesday. Ours are Tuesday, Thursday. So once you get rolling into conference, it's tough to make up those rainout games. So yeah, we'll we'll try to expand it a little bit, and and I like, to, I like we like to see our kids get challenged, and the kickoff classic helps. I mean, you get four games against Chicago teams there. When's that? First week, first week into the year. So I mean, we roll out what March fourteenth through the eighteenth. And I'm trying to think. Doesn't doesn't Edwardsville host that? Yeah, Tim and I kind of help, uh, kind of host it. Uh, but the games are at East West. I think McGivney this year, Triad. Uh, I think there, I haven't gotten the exact number from Tim. It's close to, I want to say close to forty teams. So McGivney's there. involved with that this Correct. year. Okay, let's talk about McGivney and some of the other smaller teams. Who are the smaller teams? That folks need to keep an eye on this year. I think McGivney because of their arms. Um, we don't see them because we're four A and they're they're obviously smaller. But I, I mean, I've seen their kids play in the summers, uh, and they are more than capable of, of making a run to state. Um, Columbia, I know they got the kid. I can't think of his name going to Kansas, who's legit. Um, Drew, they're two A though. They're two A. Freeburg, Drew does a great job out there. Right. So. I haven't talked to Drew in terms of this year, but I, they're they're always a handful. I mean, they're they're well coached, they're well disciplined, they play well. Um, Altoff's got a couple arms this year, and you know, in small baseball, that that are going to make them a handful down the road as well. So, uh, it, and the thing with this area is, man, it doesn't matter what class. I mean, you're going to catch somebody, and they're always going to be competitive, if not good. And and that's what I like to see. It's there are no gimmies on our schedule where you can kind of say, hey, we're chalking up two wins today. Let's go Let's go play a doubleheader. So if we don't play, we're getting beat. It's that simple. You've made some facilities improvements there at O'Fallon. I see some developments going on on social media. Talk, talk about some of the ways that you're improving your facilities. Yeah, it, it, it's, well, it's a city park, so it, it's a little bit dicier than, than being district-owned. But the city and the district – and, and the baseball programs played a role as well. Um, replaced the turf, which was needed. It, I don't. I think the turf goes back to 2011, so it was old. Um, new fence line, you know, obviously new slats. I mean, all the the, the supplemental stuff that goes with that. You are I mean, a man of my own heart. It, uh, the slats. You got to have slats. Do yeah. not do windscreens. No, the windscreen. Well, we already we had a windscreen for our batter's eye, and it's already been blown down with today's mini tornadoes so windscreens are awful they're but, awful so but the slats the the slats that it's, it's you put them in zero maintenance yep they're they're there now it looks great uh we'll cap it later in the week when the wind you know the, when the wind dies down and you did that yourself wow well the cost to have it slatted was excessive um and baseball like our baseball program's role was the slats the capping the the padding behind the bullpen mounds do you ever think about starting a fencing company after this? <laughs> oh man, I'm telling. People are shocked. Bauer fence, yeah. two foul poles, Big man. Daddy's fence. I mean, you would think two foul poles or metal poles. How much can they? How much can they really cost? Well, the average ones were eleven thousand six hundred dollars. A foul pole is eleven thousand combined. The pair was so I got a great deal apparently. Wow. Uh, but but you know, like I said, it's, it's that only, includes the putting them in the ground. That's digging the, the hole, footing, the pouring hole, the, the, the okay. Yeah. So it. You know, it is. It's there's a lot to it. It's a lot of price of doing business anymore, and I, you know, like I said, my deal is I wanted to leave it better than I found it, and you know, it just needed an upgrade, and the city was willing to kind of play a role, and the district was willing to to, to assist, and like I said, our, our capacity, while it's substantial, I mean, when you're talking 
thirty thousand on behalf of baseball in terms of the financial commitment. It's a lot, but not when you put the other put all the other stuff together. So I'm happy to play a role. And like I said, whoever takes this job over after me is going to walk into a facility that's going to be good for ten to twelve years. So. And better than the one that that you inherited. Yeah, and that's that's not a knock on the program before me. It's just it's older. You know, when you put stuff in in two thousand eleven, it's it, it's got a shelf life and it it was old and it. City Park, you can't, you know, as a baseball high school program, you don't get to control that. You know, so the city's going to make their money on the weekends. So it, it got used a ton here the last seven, eight years. So, it, yeah, it just it, it just needed a, it needed a facelift. And like I said, I'm happy that it played. It, it, it's done now. And like I said, we're going to get it all done. We'll, we'll deal with out, the outfield needs to be kind of regraded a little it's bit. grass obviously yeah it's grass and it's it's got kind of the old lip like the old lamphier up in springfield that it, it's just it needs to be addressed and we'll get to that next year because that's the same way not a cheap price tag but yeah like i said i think that'll be the last big project i'll take on and you're leading these fundraising projects from the from the baseball perspective yes i mean we you know we have three big fundraisers um basically uh, the district will kind of compensate or pay for the four coaches in buses, but the other expenses comes on us. And that, whether that be uniforms or, I mean, baseballs, which are not cheap. And there's nothing cheap anymore. It's an expensive sport in that regard. Um, and we, we try to take care of our kids. I mean, the locker room was done last year. That was, I, I, it's like I said, it's, it's. Are you using a locker room at the park? We are. It's upstairs in the press box, you know, so that's, that's all good up to code now. So we're good to go there. Um, so like I said, we like to treat our players well. Um, we expect a lot out of them and, you know, we, we tend to take care of them if we can. How has fundraising been for you? I think what makes it a lot easier is the fact that you've been winning. It, it, no doubt. Cause people um, aren't going to write a check. Your team's yeah. 0 and 17. It's like, no, I'm not writing you a check. Yeah. It's well in with baseball, your, your fundraising, your events are before the season even takes place. So it's just my nature. I don't demand anything out of our kids. You know, if we ask, we hope that you play a role, whether it be get a golf team or, or find whole sponsors or do like our cash bash where you sell tickets. Um, we hope that, that families play a role. But, yeah, I, I think just in the current the economy, I mean, it's it was tougher this year than it's been in the first four. And I think we're pretty well established as not going anywhere. It's just, man, there's only so many – so many pennies in a dollar and families are getting pulled and tugged. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're still competing with your summer clubs with a lot larger price tag than what, you know, we try to raise or, or charge. Um, yeah. So we try to give most bang for our bucks kind of the way to look at it for me. Let's talk about, let's swing it back to the, to your team this year. What can I expect if I come out and see the Panthers play? What style of baseball are you guys going to play? Is it going to be the 1982 Cardinals stealing bases and running around? Or is it going to be station to station, 1936, New York Yankees, Babe Ruth? It's going to be the 82 Cardinals. We just, as much as I'd love to sit here and say we're ready to go bang balls off the wall again, it's just not who we are. We again? Just, that's been the style in the past? That's been our style. Ever since I took over, I mean, we're going to run like we stole something. I'm a pressure guy, whether that be first pitch strike, whether it be aggressive early, whether that be attack balls defensively. Uh, base running is no different. I mean, we will. Uh, you might shut us down, but we're not gonna. We're not gonna. <laughs> we're not giving in for for a lack of trying. Um, I mean, we're 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 gonna be solid offensively, but I think our team speed is still gonna be one of our biggest attributes. 
Um, and, and hopefully, we just don't have, like I said, we just don't have the kids that can go play wall ball with the likes of some of the guys that Tim have in his lineup this year. We just don't. So, yeah, we need to be competitive. we got to handle the bat. Um, we're not, we're going to be no different this year than we've been. And that's, I mean, traditionally we throw strikes, we field everything and, and we're going to compete like hell. And, and we might be the better team, but I mean, on any given day, I mean, our, our third place run is a great example of that. Yep. Two years ago, two years ago. Yeah. We, we got hot and we played really well and executed. And, you know, at the end of the day that, I mean, they're all high school kids. It's, you still got to play good on any given day. And it didn't work out well last year. Um, which is still one of those games that you, you kind of sit back and think, man, how do we strike the other team out 20-some-odd times in 15 innings and lose? But I'm always amazed at how teams who win state, how often they have close games like in the first round of, of regionals. Yeah. It's, it's like, what? I mean, that, that shows you how deep the area is in terms of baseball. Correct. I, I mean, there's a couple years. It might have been 19 when – I think that might have been the year Freeburg won it, Triad made a push, and then we were there as well, or, or, or really close. I mean, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if you told me we had a, a state finalist or a Final Four team in all four classes from this area within a pickup 50-mile radius from yep. Ohio Island or Edwardsville. It's just a really, really good area for baseball. That uh, You know how the North thinks. I mean, they think anything south of I-80, we're farmers, and, and we're not sophisticated. Right. Uh, I think we got a really, really good brand of baseball down here, and it normally shows in the kickoff classic. Um, when when I think our the, the southern teams show really well against the northern teams, who's coming down for that? Man, it's a lot. I mean, a lot of I, I know O'Fallon is playing Oswego, New Trier, Chicago Mount Carmel, and Joliet West. Um, but traditionally, you'll get the St. Rita's, the Lockports, the Libertyville's. Um, they all come down. It's a really good event. I think Tim does Tim does the organizational stuff up front. So props to him for for putting that that puzzle together. But when you get down here, you get really good teams, and and hopefully you get a little bit better weather than, than you get up north, right. um, which is always dicey. But you know, with the turf fields now in the area, because east and west are going to turf. And I turf. remember last year there was there was weather, wasn't there? There's always weather. <laughs> it's you know it's early March. And how many teams coming down? I, I want to say close to forty. What? So, or 37, 40, it's, it's a big, yeah. I mean, 37 teams travel to the area? or thirty total teams in the thing. Okay. So, there's of, a lot of Of the 37 teams locally, I mean, of the 37 teams in the field, how many travel here and spend the night? Some will come only in for, like, a Saturday doubleheader. That's a great thing about it. You can come in for a Saturday doubleheader, or you can come in for a Friday two doubleheader or doubleheader on Saturdays. We kind of let them choose how many games they want. And then Tim just pieces it together. But I would bet outside of an outside of 45 minutes, uh, you're probably talking 15, 18, 20 teams are probably coming in. And uh, who's the official podcast of the of this event? It's got to be the it's got to be the Metro Esports <laughs> podcast. Who's, absolutely, we'll who's talked up. about it more than me? Absolutely, we'll get you up inside the press box and you I, get an announce. Up I want to come out. Want. Absolutely, you're I want to come welcome. out. Yeah, I appreciate the support. Controlled up on top. Come on up. I want to do it. I want to come out and see some baseball. I think uh, I think it'd be fun. I told my classes today that we talked in sports and literature, and we talked about Mark the Bird Fidrich. And we talked about how he pitched for two hours. He pitched two-hour games, pitched 24 complete games. And then I told the kids, I saw something yesterday in baseball that is shocking and revelatory. What was it? 
<laughs> you're talking about the the intentional the shot ball, clock violation the shot co- with bases loaded. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I get it from a marketing standpoint. I, I get speeding up the game, but man, you're you're messing with the integrity of the game. And I, I'm not saying that there, we can't find common ground, but I hope some common sense prevails and we're not going to see wins and losses in Major League Baseball based over a shot or a pitch clock violation. Well, you're going to. I know. Unless like people said, back off. And, and like I said, I, I'm hoping hoping against hope probably. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of the ghost runner or any of the nonsense that they brought in. I'm too old-fashioned. I mean, let's just ghost play. Are they talking about wiffle ball? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Left field ball. I don't get it anymore. Because you're a baseball family. You're not just like a guy that's just picked up baseball. You were just accepting the Hall of Fame award for your Uncle Hank Bauer. Correct. Yeah, my great-uncle. Correct. Great-uncle. Yep. Talk about what, what that was all about. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, I mean, we all knew him growing up. I mean, I was a little kid. I mean, back when he was, I mean, I hadn't seen him since, what, high school. So, I mean, let's go back to the 80s. Uh, but, it, you know, it's tough not to, to know the history when you're talking about a guy that played every day on, what, nine World Series teams in a row, won seven. Then went and managed two and won another one. Um, who his career path kind of it, it saw Dimaggio's last year and it saw him be kind. Of, it really became the mentor to Mickey Mantle and they became really good friends. So, and then he's traded for you know uh, Roger Maris to go to the to the Athletics and you know then he becomes a, a manager with the Orioles and wins a World Series over there and. Really awesome guy. I mean, like I said, I, I think I, I'd, I'd rather, you know, his his war record is probably more impressive to him if you ever talk to him. It is amazing, these guys yeah. that played baseball back in the day and then what and then what they yeah, did I as Patriots. Got hurt. You know, I didn't know if he was ever going to play. And it comes out of World War II with two bronze stars and two purple hearts and ends up having a great, you know, great major league career on a team. You know, back then there were fewer teams, so it's harder to get there. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was a great experience. Um, like I said, it's, it, like I said, the, the unique thing was it was kind of full circle for me because you know Jay Harrington got inducted and he was my first boss at BAC, and then Moto's Moto and, and ninety ninety eight teams got in. So I mean there were ties there in that regard, and yeah, and then my cousin, which is also unique. So yeah, it, it turned into your cousin Jill. Jill Gomert Dalkey got in as a as a golfer and. I was talking to Coach Moore, who was kind of the one of the MCs and the host. It's just like this is kind of like a like a banquet version of Happy Gilmore. I mean, it was our family is extremely unique when it comes to enjoying ourselves. It's probably the best. You way guys to had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, you had a lot of family there. A lot of family from uncles down to to, in my case, second and third cousins that were there. So yeah, it was really unique. So you're a baseball family, but you're really kind of an athlete. Family, athletic yeah, family. I mean, across the board. I mean, yeah, like I said, we had we have cousins that, that didn't make it that were probably the better of the the, the cousins in certain sports. And Jill's what Jill's or brother Matt was a phenomenal football player at WashU. And you know, then you got a bunch of guys that played baseball through the years and a couple soccer players. Not that we pick on them at all. Or, but yeah, no, it's a great athletic family. And it's you know, like I said, Christmas Day on. It, 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 the Gomerick house was always kind of intense. It was ultimate sports, whatever it was, out on the front yard when we were playing. Well, I enjoyed reading about uh, Hank Bauer and his induction in, into the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame, and I thought it was cool that you got to accept on his behalf. 
Yeah, and like I said, I, and to this day, Dave, I'm not real sure how. <laughs> of all, you're the a family, baseball guy, man. I'm a baseball guy, and, and I think that's kind of what it came down to. I'd have picked Tim. I I, I had some. <laughs> Timmy wanted nothing to do with it. Neither <laughs> did my uncles, and it's just like. Um, but no, it was a like I said, it was great that they were all there. Um, you know, I mean, Dennis Schutzenhofer, I mean, was yep. was actually the godson of of Hank. So really, yeah. So I mean, it's it, like I said, there were a lot of those people there. Dan Hartlib was there with with Itchy in Illinois. So yeah, it was it. Was, there were a lot of other people went in that were really really deserving. one of the all time great nicknames. Um, itch, yeah, Itchy. It, it was a baseball driven crowd with a lot of a lot of our family there, no doubt. A lot of baseball guys there. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming by on the first day of tryouts, man. Yeah. You're, you're a busy yeah. guy, and you took time to come uh, preview hey. the spring baseball season for the Metro Esports Podcast. That's awesome. I appreciate being here, and like I said, thanks for everything you do. Yeah, you're a great guy. Joe Bauer, I really appreciate you. All right, big thanks tonight to guests Drew Landau, Bernie and Dominic Thebo, and Coach Rashad Riley from Belleville East, and don't forget about Joe Bauer. Go Panthers baseball, right? We'll, we'll line up and see what we got. And for partners, Cassins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, Callaway Home Loans, Keller Williams, Marquis, Jeb, and Ginger Blasting Game, Integrity Spine and Joint Center, Front Office Fiduciary Network, Oak Brook Golf Club, and Wang Gang Asian Eats. And for associate producers, Keaton Anderson and Connor Hinterser, thank you for listening to the Metro Esports Podcast, talking all things sports in the Metro Esports.